Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guest this week, Katie Midwinter, where we'll be previewing the main ITV races for Cheltenham this Saturday. The meeting might not necessarily go ahead, but fingers crossed it does. They are inspecting tomorrow uh, due to the cold temperatures uh, with concern that some, uh, some parts of the track might be frozen, but fingers crossed they get the green light and hopefully we have uh, a good weekend of uh, racing but uh, before we delve into it uh, Katie how are things with you um, you keeping well yeah I'm very well thank you um, as you said like, fingers crossed we will get racing these next few days because there's quite a lot to look forward to but um, it is a bit frosty isn't it it's going cold and yeah we can just hope that Cheltenham will go ahead Okay, so the first race we are going to look at this Saturday at Cheltenham is the 150. It's the AIS December Gold Cup Handicap Chase. We've got a competitive field of 15 runners and the betting looks like this. Your favourite is Il Rodoto for Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols at 11-2. We've then got Stolen Silver at 13-2. Nikki Henderson's Fantastic Lady at 8, along with Warlord for Joe Tizard at 8. Ferrero Bamboo at 10s, Coconut Splash, who's often been the thought that this type of race would suit him at 12s, simply the bets at 12s, and bigger are the rest. Katie, um, quite a few in here you can make a case for. Um, who made your shortlist? Well, I first looked at Stolen Silver, a horse I, I quite liked last time out at Cheltenham when he unseated his rider. He was reported as lame following that race, and you know, at the prices, I'm just going to watch him this time out, see how he gets on, especially carrying top weight. The one that really caught my eye um, was Soul Pretender. I think he's quite interesting. He's been dropped £2 for his run here last month when he finished behind Bambridge and Tommy Oscar. Didn't really feature in that race, uh, but it was put to bed quite quickly by the winner, Bambridge. Um, and then, So I'm not really sure what to take from the horses in behind there. Bambridge is clearly a graded horse and, and was a different class to the others. But in the race prior to that, Soul Pretender was at Cheltenham. Again, uh, finished third behind Strawfan Jack and Ashtree Meadow. Wasn't too far behind and he stayed on well. So I think perhaps the extra half a mile here could benefit him. He does have some decent form in graded races. Uh, over hurdles at Tipperary in June, he'd be Sanra giving him half a stone. And Durasso was also behind him that day. She wears it well too. Um, I think just think off a mark of 145, he could be quite dangerous and he has run over the trip before. I'm seeing around 14 to 1 best price, um, but you know, there's some firms playing five places. Um, I think he could he could be there at the end, so I'm going to go for Sole Pretender for yeah. trainer Norman Lee. Yeah, we've seen the Irish uh, come and win this race in the past, and yeah, Sole Pretender might be able to upset the apple cart again. Michael Sullivan uh, is a good uh, claiming five pound jockey, and yeah, why not? Uh, Soul Pretender is for Katie. The one I really liked in this race uh, was Nikki Henderson's Fantastic Lady, currently around eight to one. Uh, I put her up on my YouTube channel when she uh, won a listed mare's chase at uh, Market Raisin over three miles uh, back in November. She was actually officially rated that day 137, beating Zambella. Now, Zambella went on to frank the form, winning uh, the Houghton uh, Mayor's Chase at Carlisle um, last month from really good style. Zambella is always a really decent yardstick. She often runs her race. And I just think that uh, this horse... 
could be suited by this uh, big field scenario. She actually was raised five pounds for that victory, off, uh, and she's now off an official rating of one four two. But because the entries had to be made earlier for this race, she's actually two pound one in running off the mark here of one forty. The yard are going well, operating at twenty four percent strike rate. I think uh, she'll travel into the race really well. We know she stays further, so stamina shouldn't be an issue over the trip. I just think there's question marks over some of these and I think she's a mayor going places and for me fantastic lady represents a good each way bet there around about eight to one. So she is my play in the race. So just recapping the selections then I'm a fantastic lady and Katie is with Soul Pretender. We now move on to the 225 at Cheltenham for the Unibet International Hurdle, a Grade 2 contest, and Epiton is your favourite here at uh, 6-4. we then got I Like to Move It, your great wood winner at 15-8. Napa's Hill, who looks to complete a five-timer at 4-1. First Street, your Jerry Fielden winner at 15-2. And Zafinian, the outsider in the field, at 100-1. Uh, Katie, uh, this looks quite a trappy little race i didn't think epiton at the beginning of the week was actually gonna line up in this race and take her chance but connections have given her the go aheads and yeah she, she's your favorite what do we think about her chances here do you think uh, her class will prevail or are we going to side with maybe one of the the other horses that are up and coming well yeah i know there's only five runners in here but as you said it does look quite a tricky one um i mean you've got i like to move it who was exceptional when carrying the top weight of the track last month but you know this is a different assignment and Epiton is probably the best in the field she's the classiest but I'd say she's regressing and I'm not quite sure she's the force of old um I like to move it is only a five-year-old is improving all the time Napa's Hill hasn't done anything wrong in his past four runs he's attempting a five-timer here there's not much value in it for me and I don't feel confident with any of them um, but hopefully it'll be a good race and exciting watch. I think of the five, I just favour I like to move it because of his his run last time out. It was just really really impressive, and so I think yeah, I like to move it could be worth a, worth sticking with. Yeah, that was the way I was kind of sliding here. Epson, she is in receipt uh, with that mare's lance here. And it's quite well in at the, at the weights. You know, she gets £7 from Napa's Hill, 5 from I Like to Move It. But I was really taken by that great wood performance. And as soon as the, he won the race, Nigel Twiston Davis was very quick to say that he was going to come back here for the international hurdle. I think he won the race last year of Guard Your Dreams. I think he's won it on a few occasions over the years. I think the new one might have won it a couple of times for him. And I just think this horse, I Like to Move It, is going places. He had smart novice form next to his name last season behind the likes of John Bond. I just think he's a horse that could uh, be on an upward curve. Napa's Hill, you have to respect, but I just think uh, yeah, giving away weight to all his rivals is a tough ask here, and I think he was winning uh, some uh, some weaker races. First Street is another horse I've got a lot of time for. Bramwell here in the county hurdle, but I just wonder if he had a, a hard race last time out in Newbury. Had to really dig deep. But, yeah, I think uh, he's maybe not out of it either. So it's quite a trappy little race. But I think I'm going to agree with Casey and just side with I Like to Move It, who I think can uh, kick on from his win in the Great Wood. OK, then. So we move on to the 3 o'clock for the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle, registered as the Bristol Novices Hurdle Grade 2 Contest. 
And we've all been caught as your favourite here at 11 to 8 for Nigel Tristan Davis. We then got Outlaw Peter for Paul Nichols at 2 to 1. Thomas Marr, the interesting horse of the race at 4 to 1. Grand Soir at 9s. And Max's champ, Accidental Legend, are your outsiders of the field. Um, Casey, we were talking about this race off air, and I think we were quite keen on the chances of uh, we've all been caught. Do you think he's going to get the job done here? Well, I think you can make a case for the, the four at the top of the market. You know, they've all been winning and they could show further improvement. But yeah, as you said, we've all been caught. He ran really well in a grade two here last month. and He has that previous previous experience at the track, which always helps. Um, so I think he's the one to beat. Um, it's not a race that I'd be getting too involved in. You know, because these are young horses, we haven't seen too much of them. Um, but I did look into the form of Thomas Moore for the David Pipe Yard. His win last time out at Wincanton was really eye-catching. He beat Twin Power by 57 lengths. Twin Power is still a maiden, um, having run three times under rules. But on debut in January, he finished a length and a quarter second to Rosie Redrum in a bumper, giving her £23. And that caught my eye as I'm a, I'm a big fan of Rosie Redrum. And, you know, on that form line, it would suggest that Twin Power is quite a decent horse. Um, but he just maybe hasn't taken to hurdles very, very well. But for Thomas Maher to beat him um, in the manner that he did is, is quite impressive. Uh, there isn't much to go on with the first few, um, as yeah, they haven't been seen under rules too often yet. But... Um, I quite like that form line. He's run a point to point over three miles as well, and has made it over two miles seven. And this is over three miles, isn't it? Uh, he appears to stay well. He did look quite quirky in his maiden win at, at Worcester, hanging hang a bit. But um, I think he's interesting. There could be more to come from him. So uh, I'll be interested to to watch Thomas Moore, see how he gets on. But um, yeah, we've all been caught. He should be winning, really. Yeah, he's a real eye catcher, as you say last time out. At Cheltenham, over two mile five. Step up and trip, look sure to suit. I think Hermes Allen as well. He's one of the, the better novice hurlers we've seen over this side of the Irish Sea. Um, and he could be a horse that ends up running uh, in the shallow hurdle at Newbury um, over the Christmas period. So, yeah, uh, th- that would definitely be a form boost for his chances if uh, we've all been caught, went on to win this race. But, yeah, I think... As we say, I do think we've all been caught. I just think there's a lot more to come. He was a smart bumper horse. He cost quite a bit at the sales as well, 210000 which is quite big money for a horse going to Nigel Tristan Davis. He doesn't have too many uh, horses that cost an arm and a leg these days. But, um, yeah, I think we've all been caught. Uh, the market looks like he's got it right. And, yeah, I, I expect him to come through and, and take a step forward. So, uh, again, we're agreeing there with you've all been caught okay so um the 335 is the last race we're going to preview it's the molson cause mare's handicap hurdle and theater glory is looking to bounce back after she unseated her rider last time out she's your favorite three to one lady adairs then next in at fives uh martello sky is the same price as well at fives along with nina and terror at fives indefatigable at 15 to 2 i spy a diva at nines Branson, Missouri at 22 to 1. Could be triple 25s and uh, bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here, Katie. Um, quite a tricky little racist. Again, a few at the top of the market you can give chances to, but who did you like? There's, yeah, there's a few mares in here um, that I quite like. I'll be following this season. It looks a really good race. And you've got Tia to Glory, 
who has been really impressive so far. She looks an exciting prospect for Nikki Henderson. I think the fact that she has run over course and distance with ease is definitely a big positive, and she justifies favoritism. But um, it does look a competitive race. I'm a big fan of Indefatigables, but I think she's becoming difficult to catch on a going day and has been quite inconsistent. So I'm not too confident in her at the moment, although she was only beaten a neck in this last year by Matello Sky. I think Matello Sky will be quite dangerous once again as she's trying to win this race um, again this year. She had quite a battle with Molly Ollie's wishes at Weatherby last month in the listed mare's hurdle there. I think on that form, she, she should be up for this. Nina the Terrier is another likeable mare. Um, but one that I'm really looking forward to seeing and, and my selection in this race is Lady Adair. I've been waiting for her to make her seasonal reappearance. Um, she was due to run at Wincanton before being taken out. And I was at Bangor on D when she was taken out again, which was a shame. But hopefully we'll finally see her on Saturday. I think she wants decent ground with a slight E, so hopefully it will suit her um, if racing does go ahead at Cheltenham. It is quite a big step up in class. She's running off a mark of 130, five pounds higher for her 16-round win um, over Peerless Beauty in February. She's gone well fresh in the past. This could be a pipe opener. She may well improve for it, but um, yeah, I really hope she can extend her unbeaten run. I think she has a really bright future ahead. And, and if she can beat the caliber of Mears she's running against here, I think she can be a, a force to be reckoned with for Harry Fry this season. Yeah, I kind of was fairly interested in her. I think she, like you say, has been maybe found in the market, has done nothing wrong so far, just a little bit concerned that she might need it first time out. And, and this is a different calibre than what she's been up against, but she's definitely worth her chance. And uh, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. But I'm just going to probably give the nod here to Martello Sky, who won this race. She's now down to the same mark. I know it was maybe disappointing last time out, at Kempton, but I just wonder if she maybe didn't stay and she's better over this intermediate trip of two mile five. Um, plenty of good form next to her name, second behind Molly Dolly's wishes. I rate that form. Obviously, Bryony normally rides this one, um, but is currently on the sidelines. But Aidan Coleman is uh, no bad jockey in booking. In fact, he actually won on her last year when she won this race and has actually won twice on her in the past. So it doesn't really bother me uh, too much. And I just think. Um, she could be the pace angle in this race and I, I like a lot of her form and I just think at the prices I think this has probably been uh, a target to come back here and I think uh, a bit of, a lot of her form is a bit better than the, some of these mares at the top of the market and for me I think she represents a bit of value there at 5-1 to one. so Martello Sky is for me and Katie has gone for Harry Fry's Lady Adair Okay, so this is the part of the podcast where we look away from the main ITV action. I know before we sign off, Katie, you had a few that you just wanted to mention that are running over the next couple of days. Yeah, I think there's a really interesting one tomorrow at Doncaster. Hopefully the meeting does go ahead. In the last race, you've got Stanific for Gary Hanmer, who is down in class running off a mark of 117. I think the handicapper has been quite kind to him. He's been dropped four pounds for his run at Bangor on D last month. He's never really travelling there, held up at the rear of the field and was completely unsuited to the soft, almost heavy ground. Prior to that, he was running on well at odds of 25 to 1 on stable debut before making a mistake at the last. That quite really took the wind out of his sails a bit. Um, and I think, yeah, he's a winner over course and distance. So 
he's perhaps worth keeping on side back at Doncaster. I think he'll run well. He's already been backed in from around 16 to 1, I think to around 8 to 1, the best price available now. Um, so he's really one to keep an eye on. And also in the 115 at Cheltenham on Saturday, Editor Gigi is currently heading the market off top weight with three pounds flamer Niall Houlihan on board. He remains in the same mark as when third here in October, possibly making it a little bit tough for him, but uh, he usually runs a good race. We've got Gumball and third time Lucky in there as well, running for the first time following wind surgery. They'll both be worth watching, as is Time White, who bolted up at Ascot before disappointing last time out. And Dolos, his stable mate, is the mount of Harry Cobden. He'll be a lively contender. And I think third time lucky, he showed a lot of potential as a novice and quite progressed as much as the likes of Edward Stone. I think he could still be useful. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can achieve this season. Okay, so that is it for this week's edition of the In The Saddle podcast. Thanks again to Katie for giving up her time. Hopefully we've pointed you in the direction of some winners at Cheltenham on Saturday. But before we sign off, please remember to follow us on all the major podcast platforms where we're available to listen to on Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple. Also as well, you can follow us on the social media channels of Twitter and Instagram where we're available at In The Saddle Pod. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon. 